Hey, welcome back to a brand new episode of Bible Reading and Coffee Drinking. You know, sometimes we all need to go back to the Bible to learn a little wisdom. Today we're going to dive into Proverbs 6, a great book of the Bible, and certainly one that provides us lessons for our daily lives and how we tackle these moments in our life that could be challenging for us. So if you're in need of a little bit of wisdom, if you're in need of a little bit of God's direction in your life, dive into Proverbs anytime and join me today for Proverbs 6. We're going to read it. We're going to talk about it. I'll answer some questions at the end, so stay tuned. Hey, welcome to a brand new episode. Uh, today we're talking about Proverbs 6. Uh, this is going to be a little bit of lessons for the daily life, as I mentioned, uh, and we're going to dive in. We're going to read this entire thing and uh, talk about it along the way. So if you're struggling a little bit, need a little bit of direction from God, wondering how to make some decisions in your life, or what kind of uh, kind of decisions you want, you think God wants you to make, Proverbs is a great book. It's called the Book of Wisdom for a reason, uh, because God gives us so much knowledge and understanding and wisdom along the way. So if you're ever struggling uh, and kind of confused and, and kind of lost in your life, uh, you know, just start reading Proverbs. Uh, I, I do it quite frequently. I love to read Psalms. Uh, it's fun. There's songs, and, and there's a lot of good stuff in there. It makes me feel good and gets my day started. But Proverbs is a book I like to kind of revisit from time to time to help me with perspective, to help me with understanding how God wants me to act in my life. So we're today we're talking about Proverbs 6, which is Lessons for daily life is kind of entitled in my Bible. So before we kick off and before we start, got a couple things. It is February the 23rd when I'm recording this. Um, make sure you visit the store, livingchristian.org, and get your hoodies and sweatshirts at 20% off by using the code hoodie 20 through the month of February. Okay, so if you're listening to this in March, I apologize, but if you're listening to this now or you're here live with me, on Instagram, uh, use, use that code hoodie20 to get 20% off all hoodies and sweatshirts. And that runs through the end of February. So just through the next week. I can't believe it's going to be March already. Uh, I'm ready. I'm ready for spring. I'm ready for a new beginning. I'm ready to put this winter behind us uh, and get some warm weather going. It's uh, Texas where I'm located. It's been pretty warm the last few days. It's been pretty nice. I got outside yesterday and um, kind of just spent some time during the lunch hour just uh, sitting in the sun. Uh, it's amazing what that does to you and amazing what it kind of does to your um, perspective and your attitude. Uh, and I love springtime. We got Easter coming up, which is always a great thing to focus on. We got Lent happening right now, if you observe that, uh, marching towards uh, Resurrection Day. So that's going to be good stuff. All right. Um, let's dive into uh, Proverbs 6 here. Sip of coffee and we will dive in. All right. Lessons for a daily life. My child, if you have put up security for a friend's debt or agreed to guarantee the debt of a stranger, if you have trapped yourself by your agreement and are caught by what you said, follow my advice and save yourself, for you have placed yourself at a friend's mercy. Now swallow your pride. Go and beg to have your name erased. Don't put it off. Do it now. Don't let or don't rest until you do. Save yourself like a gazelle escaping from a hunter, like a bird fleeing from a nest. So what is God talking about here right now? Talking about putting up security for a friend's debt? What is how, how practical is that? It's actually very practical. In one hand, what he's talking about is if you're be careful not to let people pull you down and be beholden to people who don't have the best interest at heart 
for you and your life. These people that are in debt, they're not talking about traditional banks. This is 2000 years ago. They're talking about kind of loan sharks and people that, uh, you know, loan money and had indentured servitude and some really things that are different for that time. And what God is saying to us here is, hey, don't get pulled down with other things. Don't get pulled down into uh, debts or errors that aren't your fault. Be weary of those people that are trying to pull you down. I like verse six, where it starts off and says, take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. Whoa, God just called us out right there. Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. Learn from their ways and become wise. We talked about the book, this being a book of wisdom. Though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, they labor hard all summer, gathering food for the winter. But you lazy bones, how long will you sleep? When will you wake up? A little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. So, God does not want us just to wait around and not be productive, my friends. He does not want us just to be lazy and waiting on Jesus to return or waiting to die or whatever you're waiting on. What he wants us to do is be productive and work hard be and labor all summer so we can gather food for the winter. What he wants, what that means is he wants us to be prepared. He wants us to work hard, save, be prepared. And what happens when we save and are prepared? We can help out other people. But if you're lazy and all you do is sleep and slumber, then you're not going to be productive in this life. And that is not what God wants us to do. He wants us to work the ants, the interesting kind of uh, analogy of the ants. Ants are very simple creatures, very small, uh, but they work very, very hard. So that's a great analogy of what God wants us to do. Now, he's not necessarily saying that he wants us to work hard, work our fingers to the bone just so we can, uh, you know, get rich. Uh, money is not even referenced in this passage. What he's talking about is being productive and being a good example, working hard and not being complacent or lazy. He doesn't want us to be complacent or lazy. Verse 12 uh, continues, what are worthless and w- wicked people like? They are constant liars, signing, signaling their deceit with a wink of an eye, a nudge of the foot, and a wiggle of fingers. Their perverted hearts plot evil and they constantly stir up trouble. But they will be destroyed suddenly, broken in an instant, beyond all hope and healing. So he turns from pointing the finger towards us and telling us not to be lazy to calling people out that are worthless and wicked. And how are you going to recognize those people who are liars, who are wicked, who are worthless? How are you going to recognize those people in our lives? They have perverted hearts. They plot evil. They stir up trouble. But don't worry, they will be destroyed in an instant. Now, verse 16 is um, something we're going to dive into because this is very important. I would I would advise you or ask you guys, if you have a highlighter, highlight this in your Bible. Verse 16 through 19, we'll call it. Let's read them now and we'll talk about them. There are six things the Lord hates, no seven things he detests. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that kill the innocent, a heart that plots evil, feet that race to do wrong, a false witness who pours out lies, a person who sows discord in the family. So it is true that our God, 
God is a God of love. There is no doubt about that. And, and sometimes I think we focus so much on the love that God provides us. We forget that he has emotions in the sense of he hates as well. Uh, there are things that happen in this world that are not of his creation, that he is upset by, that he hates, that he detests. And what are those things? And I like how uh, you know Solomon writes, there are six things the Lord hates, no seven things he detests. He almost He's writing this as he's thinking, okay? Uh, there are six things the Lord hates. Nope, seven things he detests. Haughty eyes. What are haughty eyes? Uh, those haughty eyes are referencing when somebody is looking down on other people. And typically that is with some sort of ego or pride, right? We know that pride is one of the seven deadly sins. We know that God d- does not like prideful people who think that they're so much better than other people, or they put their own thoughts and interest over other people. When you're looking down on people, you have haughty eyes. Do not do that. The Lord hates that. He detests that, as it says here in Proverbs 6. Hands that kill the innocent. It's one of the commandments for crying out loud. So do not kill any innocents. Uh, A heart that plots evil. Feet that race to do wrong. So if you're quick to do the wrong thing. If you're quick to hurt people, he hates that. A false witness who pours out lies. Once again, this is lies, or in in his seven things that he detests, lying is two of them. (laughs) A lying tongue. He does not like the act of lying. He does not like the act of not telling the truth. And then a false witness who pours out lies. Somebody that is saying a lie about another person. Okay? Uh, So, Watch what you say, don't have a lying tongue, and certainly don't point that towards somebody else and lie about them. And finally, a person who sows discord in a family. A family unit is that. It is a unit that God puts together. We're supposed to protect ourselves. And whether that's a our blood family that we have, our wife, our children, our parents, or whether that's the family of God, to be honest with you. Uh, be careful with those individuals that are sowing discord uh, in a family. Those people that are making trouble, uh, as you, if you go back to uh, verse 14 that we read, they constantly stir up trouble. He's calling people that stir up trouble evil. So if you have somebody like that in your family, God is not a fan, okay? God hates lies. He hates evil. He hates doing wrong. He hates pride, and he hates people that cause a stir, okay, especially in the family. Let's continue in verse 20. My son, obey your father's commands and don't neglect your mother's instructions. He, he goes right from a person that sows discord in the family right into, hey, now I'm talking to you. Obey your father. Don't neglect your mother's instructions. Pay attention. Do not sow discord in your family. Keep their words always in your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you walk, their counsel will lead you. When you sleep, they will protect you. When you wake up, they will advise you. I love how he's putting parents, uh, uh, the father and the mother, in a position of authority here. Uh, They've lived a longer life. They have more wisdom than you. They will protect you. They will counsel you. They will advise you. Verse 23 says this, for their command is a lamp and their instruction a light. Their corrective discipline is the way of life. That is so interesting how he's talking about parents' discipline. 
is the way of life. Now, we can certainly correlate that as we are children of God, that sometimes God's discipline certainly is a way of life. It's just going to be a fact of the matter. There's going to be times where we go off course, right? Uh, We go and make bad decisions, and God hates some of these things, that he is going to have to discipline us, just like a good parent would. Uh, Verse 24 says, It will keep you from the immoral woman, from the smooth tongue of a promiscuous woman. (laughs) Don't lust for her beauty. Don't let her coy glances seduce you, for a prostitute will bring you to poverty, but sleeping with another man's wife will cost you your life. And he is certainly talking about your spiritual life in here. He does not want uh, you to run in that circle or commit that type of adultery. Okay, verse 27, can a man scoop a flame into his lap and not have his clothes catch on fire? Can he walk on hot coals and not blister his feet? So is with the man who sleeps with another man's wife. He who embraces her will not go unpunished. He is laying out this wisdom. He is laying out these things that God does not permit, that God does not like. He does not like pride. He does not like lying. He does not like evil. He does not like adultery. He does not like you running around with promiscuous people and and, and the bad, seedy uh, people in our society. All right, verse 30. Excuses may be found for a thief who steals because he is starving. But if he is caught, he must pay back seven times what he stole, even if he has to sell everything in his house. Now, it's interesting how one thing God doesn't permit is excuses. All right. Excuses might be found for a thief who steals because he is starving. Just because you are starving doesn't mean that you should be permitted to go and take from other people. And if you get caught, you have to pay back seven times. But the man who commits adultery is an utter fool. So now he has that but in there. Okay, hey, people that are hungry, regardless if they're hungry, people that steal from other people, that is bad. I don't like that. But, let me tell you about something that's even worse. Verse 32, But the man who commits adultery is an utter fool, for he destroys himself. He will be wounded and disgraced. His shame will never be erased. For the woman's jealous husband will be furious, and he will show no mercy when he takes revenge. He will accept no compensation, nor be satisfied with a payoff of any size. So let's, uh, size, excuse me. So let's talk about this back half of Proverbs 6 for a second, Okay. This back half of six really dives into relationships between a husband and a wife and adultery and and somebody coming in and breaking that bond of holy marriage. What God has put together, no what God has put together, let no man tear apart, is the verse. Okay? God kind of continues to harp on this because obviously it was a problem at the time but he the lesson we have to learn is there are things that God sanctions there are situations that God puts together and he does not want any of us to break what he puts together specifically a marriage and he's talking about adultery here and he's less talking about even the marrying people he's talking about is like the person that goes in and breaks that covenant. Uh, But in general, the entire situation he condemns and certainly doesn't like. So it's important. So think about that. And it's interesting, and I'll I'll close with this on Proverbs 6. So it's interesting when you fast track to the the New Testament, Jesus is asked about this, 
right? And Jesus referenced and said, hey, even if you look at another woman and you're married, you've already committed adultery in God's eyes. Whoa. So you don't even necessarily have to act on it. What he's talking about is, hey, if you're going to make that covenant to your wife, it is holy and it is sacred, and you do not need to break that. It's something that God absolutely does not like, okay? God hates it and detests it, uh, as it's listed here in Proverbs 6. All right, I hope that makes sense. Uh, great book. Uh, keep on reading Proverbs if you want to, but uh, I always like to tap in to Proverbs and talk about a little bit. All right. All right, let's see what questions we have. We'll take a break, have a sip of coffee, and then uh, we'll take a few questions. So if you're live with me here on Instagram, make sure you put your, your questions right there in the bottom, okay? All right, let's see what we got here. Um, all right, so out of the many verses in the Bible, which one is your personal favorite and which do you feel is most important? So I have Matthew 22, 37, 39 tattooed on my arm. I know we're not going to get in the tattoo conversation today, uh, but I do have Matthew 22, 37 through 39 ta- uh, tattooed on my arm. I find that to be one that I had revisited through uh, the years and years and years. And it's Jesus' words talking about what the greatest commandment is. And uh, his response is, love God with all your heart, soul, your mind and then love your neighbor as you love yourself. Uh, that is the first and the second greatest commandment. So the reason why I have that, and it's important to me, is quite frankly, I feel that if I love, if I attack this life, if I go through this life, and I love God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, if that is the my is that something that I focus the most on in my life, is loving and respecting and honoring God. And then second to that, which is equally as important, is that I have to love my fellow man and woman. I have to love my neighbor, not just my next-door neighbor, but the people around me in my daily life. I have to love them as I love myself. So if I go through my life with that perspective, with love in my heart, and loving God with everything that I have, and loving everybody around me, I find that most of the time, everything else works out <clears throat> because things that are evil and are uh, wrong in this world typically come from when you're not loving God or you're not loving each other. Uh, so that is um, that is my favorite verse, and that's the one that means the most to me. There's a lot of them up there that I love. I have a lot highlighted and bookmarked, uh, but that is what I love. All right. All right. Let's see uh, what the next question is. Uh, let's see what we have. Uh, this will be an easy one or a simple one. If we have descended from Adam and Eve, why are there so many ethnicities? It talks about that, uh, in, uh, in actually in the old Testament, to be honest with you, um, going to the far, far edges of the earth, uh, with different tongues and so forth. So, uh, dive into the old Testament a little bit, Genesis, Exodus, uh, and you'll find uh, some of those answers that you're looking for and some of that explanation about how the earth was populated, even going back to after Noah. Okay. Uh, let's see what we have. Uh, I got. I just got my Bible. Where should I start? Okay, great, great question. I've answered this before. I'm going to answer it again because I think it's important. Uh, first of all, congratulations on getting your first Bible, if that's your first one. 
Uh, I have uh, I have a bunch uh, that I've saved from my father, from my grandfather, from mine growing up. Uh, I kind of keep a, a bunch handy and around me. I'm a little bit of a collector, so uh, it, it it means a lot. I keep I keep one close to me as much as I can. Now, saying that, now that you're new to this, where do you start? I always guide people to read the four Gospels first, every time. I, if you guys have followed me for a long time, you've heard me say this before. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Get to know who Jesus was on this earth and what he did for us. Uh, read all four accounts so you can get a full picture okay, uh, of, of, uh, of what Jesus' life was here on earth. You can read Acts as well, which is kind of the fifth gospel. It's right after Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, then goes into Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. And that's really talking about that beginning time, historically speaking, when the church was formed and the, the disciples were kind of, and the apostles were going out and setting up churches and setting up kind of our foundation of our faith. Uh, so that's what I always like to tackle first. Now, after that, what do you do? Either you have two options. One would be go find a Bible reading plan, uh, and uh, you can find them on the Uversion app. They're, they're everywhere where you can kind of bounce around. That's fine. But if you want to get an entire picture, go back to Genesis. Now that you know who Jesus was, go back to Genesis and read it from the beginning all the way through, all 66 books. Uh, and, and that way you can come at it with understanding who Jesus was and realize that Jesus was there from the beginning. He was there from Genesis 1 all the way through the Revelation, which is the revealing of Christ, His second coming. And if you have that perspective, uh, it's a it's a different way to read the Bible, quite frankly. You're reading it through the lens of, hey, this whole thing is about Jesus. Uh, and it's not like Old Testament pre-Jesus and post-Jesus, and hey, that's the old way and the new way. No, the entire thing is about Christ uh, and the fact that Jesus was with uh, us the entire time. So that is my advice for you that. If you're confused and and, uh, and this is new to you and you just mentioned that you just got your first Bible, if you go to my website, livingchristian.org, <clears throat> go under the store, there's a books area and I only have one. <laughs> Sorry, book area. Uh, there is a Bible guide that you can download uh, and it goes through each book of the Bible and kind of gives a little bit of a synopsis, who wrote it, what's it about. Uh, so maybe that'll help you understand the entire a collection of books that is the Bible. Uh, go to that at livingchristian.org. You can use the code Bible, and it's free. It's just a download. It's just a PDF that I do, and you can download that and uh, and, and use that all day long. But if you use the code Bible, it's free. Otherwise, I think I have it marked for like five bucks. Uh, so either way, that would be uh, take a look at that. And I found it helpful. I have a copy. Uh, we've down, I've had thousands of people download it, and that uh, hopefully that'll help you out. All right, one more question. And then uh, we'll get out of the uh, get get out of the day and start enjoying our weekend a little bit. All right, let's see what we got. Uh, da, 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 da. God, there's a lot of them here today. Um, all right, so here's one, Clayton. I'll answer this one because this is challenging for a lot of people. <clears throat> I know God has my future secure, but why am I so lost on what to do with my future? That is a wonderful, wonderful question. So I'm sure a lot of people <clears throat> out there can probably relate to this. I know I can. Like, you have faith, and you trust God, and you're like, I understand that He's got me covered, but I don't know what to do. I'm a little scared. I, I, I'm unsure of what it's going to look like. So there's two two things. <coughs> excuse me. Uh, two things I would like to comment on this. One would be 
trusting your future with God means kind of two things. One is I know that I have faith. I trust that Jesus saved my soul. I think and know I am born again. Therefore, I'm confident that I will spend eternity in the presence of God. Great. Uh, I'm proud, or not proud, I'm happy for you. I'm, uh, um, I'm joyful for you. Uh, I'm joyful for all of us who are secure enough to have that perspective. The other thing is, okay, between now and then, right? Um, I think God's got me secure, protected, and I think he's got a plan for me, but I don't know what that looks like. So where that comes from, and this is this is um, this long answer to a short question, I apologize. Um, where that typically comes from is just a lack of confidence in your faith. It's not because you don't love God or Jesus or even have faith in God that he will take care of you. It's that unknown thing. It's human nature to look and go, okay, I know where I'm going. I just don't know what's in between here and there. I pull out of my driveway and I go to the store. I know what's at the store. I have confidence that everything that I'm going to need is at the grocery store. Now, what I don't know is what's going to happen between me leaving the house and getting to the store. Am I going to get there safe? Am I going to be able to get there at all? Uh, Am I going to have a wreck? Uh, Is it going to be raining? You know, what is going to happen between here and getting to the store? That is the, uh, the uncertainty that we probably all have a little bit. How do you tackle that is the, uh, the, the question of the day. And it's not, in my mind, not necessarily a lack of faith. It's a, it's a control issue uh, for me, and maybe it is for you. It's a, it's a, hey, I trust God, but I know I'm making my decisions, uh, and I want to make sure I make the right decisions. It's about f- not fully letting go and letting God lead you through your life. It's, 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 you want to give your life to God, but you want to keep a little bit of control as well. You've got to let go of your worries. You've got to let go of that anxiety. You've got to let go and give God fully control of your life. And I promise you, no matter what happens between now and getting to the store, uh, it won't matter. Everything's going to be okay. You'll forget about all the rain and the skids and the potholes along the way. Because there will be potholes and rain along the way, my friends. Uh, God does not promise that there won't be. What he promises is that if you have faith in him and you have a belief that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you will be joined with God in eternity. So that's the perspective you need to uh, tackle. Don't have worry. Don't have anxiety. Expect the potholes of life to come and go. But no matter what they are, you keep your eyes focused on God. You keep your eyes focused on eternity. Okay, that was a long answer. I apologize for that, but I think uh, it's an important one to tackle. Sip of coffee and let's have a uh, quick prayer before we get uh, uh, down to our Friday. All right. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for bringing us together and bringing us the book of Proverbs. We're so grateful and thankful and just kind of um, at peace with understanding that you have provided these words to us, at peace that you've given us the knowledge and the wisdom to go through our daily lives, at peace knowing that there are lessons that you want us to learn in the book that you've given us that is here for us whenever we want to read it. 
You know, sometimes, Lord, I, I, I get questions a lot on here of like, I don't hear God talking to me. How, how do I hear God talking to me? How do I have a relationship with God? How do I talk to God? How, does I, how do I hear him talk back? And I know, Lord, you're talking to us constantly, sometimes through the environment, sometimes through people, but most importantly, through the words of the Bible. And today is no different, Lord. And we're so thankful that you gave us your words so we can hear you talking through the book of Proverbs. Thank you so much for that. Please be with everybody watching or listening to this episode today. May they have the peace and the knowledge and the wisdom to get through their life and keep focused on the end goal and not the potholes along the way, Lord. We love you so much and we trust you with our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, have a great weekend. Uh, no matter what you do, uh, give your life to God and let him lead you through today. Let him lead you uh, through your life throughout the weekend. We'll see each other again on Monday. We'll tackle another episode. Uh, we'll tackle some more Bible verses and some more questions. But until next time, love you guys. Keep Jesus on your heart and forever on your mind. Talk to you all next time.